Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich and very proud to say it's the end of a very successful first leg of the Great Blue Heron Tour. Want to thank uh, fellow musicians Steve Ward, Joe Sorbera, and Philip Miles for joining me on the road over the last month and a half. It's been a real joy uh, to share these special shows uh, with you guys. And we went to Quebec. We went all over the place, and it was it was it was a real pleasure, as always, to make music and connect with with you, gentle listener, along the way. Hope you were at that last show at the Heliconian Hall in Toronto to a sold out audience featuring Kevin Bright and Hawksley Workman joining us on stage to launch the heron into your ears. And you, if, you, if you missed out, you can still listen to that record. You can get it on iTunes or Spotify or even go to my Bandcamp and order the vinyl. And this week on Industry Tactics, I had a real pleasure talking with Tanya Gill, fantastic pianist who I've known for years. She plays in Dave Clark's Woodshed Orchestra, the Brody West Quartet, Rebecca Hennessy's Fog Brass Band, and her own Tanya Gill Quartet. You know what to do, Geeds. Sit back and prepare to be dazzled. Here's my talk now with Tanya Gill. Yeah, go ahead. Like, you know, like you go out in the sun, you get a tan. Tanya. Lots of pronunciation. See what I'm doing here, kids? Putting the damn phone on vibrate because I keep getting interrupted in these podcasts. People calling. Yes. Not this one. We're going to be uber focused. Uber focused. We'll be very focused. I think so. She's I'm eating do a... my best. Oh, no, no, I see it. I finished my cheese on bread. Cheese on bread, a jazz sandwich. I'm ready. Did you see what I did there? I, you put your plate down, mm-hmm. and for some reason I felt compelled to move this Barringer microphone case two inches that away for some weird reason. It's fine. It needs uh, a, a three-inch buffer zone around it. Yeah, I like this kind of stuff. It's fine. <laughs> Order. We need to take a picture of that for these people. Order, structure. The parallel placement of the phone and the Behringer case. For what people? I mean, who's really listening to this? Tweet us at Industry Tactics. Let us know what you think of this conversation we're about to have. No. You know what I meant. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about? What kind of an interview is this? Um, well, you might want to take it 
in a certain direction to start. Okay. Uh, y you're a you're a beautiful. It didn't come. Well, let's see here. I started playing the piano because there was one in my house. Okay, good. But reason. really, I think I was in love with the idea of playing music. Yeah. And as a young child, I think I wanted to be a singer. Yeah. But you know, I also like to play the piano, and I uh, took piano lessons from the age of seven. And then I was going to quit when I was about when I was in grade seven at school because I wanted to study voice. My mm -hmm. mother said, "Don't quit. You're going to regret it." Mm. So you know, I don't know if that was good advice or not. But uh, and then once I kind of got more serious about it, I still questioned whether piano was the right instrument for me. Even when I was in university, I was you know some hearing single line instruments like guitars or horns or I mean in jazz I was thinking that mm. but I wasn't only thinking about jazz anyways um, but finally I think I'm really really uh, very happy with the piano where did you go <laughs> where did you go to elementary school um, I went to elementary the first elementary school I went to was in Scarborough okay uh, I can't remember the name of it I think it was called Fairfield. Whoa. But I was only there... F oh, no, the first one I went to was... So, Scarborough Village, maybe? A progressive okay. school just for JK. Oh. Some kind of alternative school. And yeah. then I went to another school for senior kindergarten and grade one. And then I moved to Calgary. And then grade two to grade six. Grade two to grade six, I went to uh, Chinook Park. Chinook or schnook, sh like the schnook, schnook, like the winds, the warm winds. Nice. That come in the winter, <laughs> over the mountains. In Calgary. In Calgary. What was that like? Uh. Chinook Park. Chinook Park. What was that like? The piano went with you. Yeah, the piano went with me. My mom. That's where I started piano lessons in oh, Calgary okay. with okay. Mrs. Dowling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Dowling had studied with nuns. Mrs. Dowling was in her mid-50s. Yeah. Maybe when I started, or maybe she was older. To yeah. me, she seemed old. And she was strict. She, uh, her daughters had uh, got their ARCT by the time they were 16. She okay. made me feel guilty. She said, my girls were practicing two hours every morning. And yeah. She, oh, good. She said I was lazy. She said I was scatterbrained. But... She did scare me into practicing. Were you, do you, do you, do you think you were lazy and scatterbrained? Come on. Well. According to Mrs. Dowling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. You got it. So it sounds like she she had a, a she was pretty staunch in her approach to. Uh, that that was your foray into into piano and, and music education in a way too, eh? Well, maybe music education, yes. Mm -hmm. But my dad is a big listener of music, so okay. I think my love of music comes from all the music that was playing around the house when I was a kid. Um, what was playing? Well, when my dad was in a really good mood, if he woke up on a weekend morning and he felt like really happy, yeah, he would put on the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, okay. loud loudly. You know, wow. yeah, he loved that. And he actually would, he, my dad still, he'll get up and strut when he listens to music like that. Like, he just can't help himself. He's out of his chair and, uh, you know, moving around. Right on. Yeah, yeah. 
What's your dad's name? Joe Gill. Joe Gill. He's and he's still a, a huge listener of music in Toronto. He knows more musicians than I do, almost. <laughs> like I've been in situations where wow. I was at Lula Lounge and there's a bluegrass band playing, and I kind of know those people. And yeah. I, he was there with me listening. I was like, "Hey, Dad, meet Chris." Uh, and Chris, whose name I can't, last name I can't remember right now, is like, "I know your dad. He comes up to hear us every oh, week." Oh man! You know, my dad. He knows people. Wow. He know he loves your music actually. Shut the fuck up. It's You're true. Joe Gill. Joe Gill. He's a fan of the lollipop people. <laughs> wow, man. He's heard you before live. I didn't think uh, I didn't think we'd uh, turn over that stone. Shout out to Joey Gill. Yeah. That's nice to hear, Joey man. Little he was when he was there. Yep. Wow, wow. So he's strutting and he's getting you into it. And so that's kind of he got you hooked. Yeah. You, or he got you interested anyway. He totally did. And, yeah. And, you know. And, and you my still mom, ha- my you mom still played hang? records around the house yeah. all the time. Yeah, you know, I'd run around in the living room listening to records, and uh, when I was a kid, and my mom made sure we had a piano in the house. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. That's great, and I I love the fact that your dad's still going out doing his uh, like immersing. Oh yeah. 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 Lunchtime concert series at the Arts and Letters Club. Oh, Subscription for real? To... I've been to that series, man. Oh yeah. He loves it. He gives me reports all the time on all the concerts. Is he a member? <laughs> he's a member. He's a member. Yeah. Does he have a painting on the wall? No, he's not a painter. He was an accountant. No, but I mean, but... the members at the Arts and Letters Club each get a, I think, like a painting of themselves on the wall. Like. Oh. I don't know. About like when that. I went upstairs, actually, I noticed as I went to use your washroom, I just took an eye. I wasn't like snooping, but I took an eye in, and your husband. Uh huh. Oh, there's a painting on the Victor wall. Victor Bateman. That yes. is a nice painting of Victor Susie Bateman. Susie Schlanger. Susie Schlanger. Painted that. Like if yeah. he were, a, if, if Victor were a member of the Arts and Letters Club, that would be hanging on the wall. Right. At the Arts and Letters Club. Uh-huh. Does Joe Gill have a... I don't think he does. But he's a member. He's a card-carrying member of the... He is. He is, but... That, he, is, a good, that is a good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves it. It is. I think so. Yeah. Um, That's great. That's great. These the folk, I, Your dad sounds like a cool dude. I just, yeah, I think I more of that, more lunchtime series, people in devouring the culture, like especially in this city, Toronto. It's like you can go to eight concerts a day. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So much to see. And you're still going. You you guys will go out and hang periodically and check out shows. My dad and I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, usually it's the string quartets that I go to hear with him. Okay. Uh, the St. Lawrence Center. <laughs> Great. He needs Great. people to go with sometimes. Yeah. Or he comes out. That's fun. Um, yeah, and, you know, he sometimes he comes out to hear me play. Great. He goes out to hear all kinds of other people do. Well, um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. So you went to Calgary for a few... <laughs> Sorry, we're back to you. I'm trying to keep the focus. Good. Keep it. I need help with that. Okay. In an interview situation. Okay. I'll do my best. Okay. Can't, can't guarantee it. Okay. I like the wormholes, too. They're attractive wormholes, right? <laughs> I have had a nickname given to me of Tangent before. Oh, shite. Yeah, trouble. Anyways, listen let's, let's back stay on to, track. Listen back to episode three, kids. Learn a little something about staying right down that middle lane. Christine Duncan. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I'm gonna let's try to, to be inspired that. by... Let's try to be inspired by Christine Duncan's focus and pull into that, okay? 
So then you go from Calgary yes. to where? Where do you go after that? You spend a few years there over at Schnucky. Yeah, Chinook uh, Park Elementary. Yeah. Milton Williams Junior High that now is a highway going through where it used to be. Then, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's not so interesting. Okay. And, um, yeah, See I was that? into the... Huh? Wormhole? I went for it. Yeah. <laughs> you scrapped it. Keep, <laughs> keep going. Stay on the... I'm thinking of Christine. Christine Duncan. Uh, Christine Duncan. I was into the jazz band in junior high. I loved it. Oh. And at that time, I started to try, you know, I was really studying only classical piano, but I did uh, learn some things by ear off records for the first time. You know, the piano part to open arms. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. same from St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Was, uh, important, you know, important. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, of those, <laughs> some of those initial forays into uh, learning, lifting piano parts off records. Okay. In junior high. Um, and uh, I really did like playing the jazz tunes in the big band, you know, yeah. the ones that, the swing tunes that weren't yeah. so popular, but I was into them. Um, and, uh, and then I moved to Victoria, going into high school. You're getting a real slice of the country. Yes. Yeah. You did high school in Victoria. I did. My mother's from Victoria. Okay. My dad's from Toronto. So I have okay. these two poles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you're in Victoria living with your mother then or, yes. or okay okay yes yes my dad came back to toronto they split up okay my mom and i went to victoria okay mm-hmm. do you have siblings uh yes i do i have two older siblings and one younger step sibling all right right on right on mm-hmm. okay okay so you're kind of in the middle there yeah doing yeah. your thing yeah getting into the piano yeah yeah what was high school like for you? Oh, it was excellent because uh, in Calgary, I lived in a sort of upper meh, middle class. But, you know, there was a lot of new money, a lot of materialism. And uh, the kids I was hanging around with were into alternative, we used that word at the time, mm. uh, music like, you know, The Cure, Depeche okay. Mode. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. that stuff. And it was all pretty trendy. We used the word trendy. That was a word that yeah. we used to describe, yes. you know, the hair and the fashion. Yeah. And, 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 uh, at a certain, and my, my best friend became a very, very good fashion designer in New York. Her, she has a store down on Queen Street called Meg. And she was already really going that way in junior high. Like, you know, she had um, really... Uh, she and I used to put fashion shows on in, in elementary school and junior high. We followed all these trends. And at a certain point, I decided, this is too much for me. Mm. I can't, mm. this is not me. She's going this direction, but oh. I'm going to just forget about all this. And, and I'm going to like hang out with this other friend of mine who plays the drums and is into the Rolling Stones, you know? So then I thought, I'm going to just go to the path of like Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones and that sort of thing. From when wow. I was around grade nine, I was interested in checking out classic rock instead of all the uh, trendy music. And... Uh, and then uh, when I moved to Victoria, it was very interesting because I landed in a high school full of that. Full you know, of the rock. Kind full of, of the classic okay. rock and old souped up uh, sports cars and lots of beer on the weekend and all that stuff. And for Mrs. Dowling, what do you do with your piano? Like, do you switch to another teacher? Do you still stay on that conservatory route too or no? She was great. She was really kicked me into gear. So yeah. I, I did work hard with her. And then she passed me down to her daughter yeah. uh, when I was in elementary school her daughter was a very good teacher so I got up to finishing grade 8 piano mm-hmm. at the end of grade 8 in school when I moved to 
Victoria, I started studying with Magda Hazai, who was a phenomenal teacher, who uh, was from Hungary, and she had her a cop an imprint of her hand in the Louvre. She'd been a child prodigy, and she had um, she had a relationship somehow with Kodai. Well, she was hey. an older woman and a wow. sweetheart, wow. and I studied piano with her in Victoria, and it was super inspiring all the Magda. time. Magda Hazai. Magda Hazai. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great name. Great name. Totally inspiring. Excellent what, lady. What a nice... That's a great thing to put on your little Wikipedia. Yeah, you know, I got a hand in the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, I, I, yeah. she knew Kodai. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Wow. That so working on Bartok with her was oh, amazing. Oh man, like right in there. Yeah, we'd do the you know the Hungarian folk songs with her, and she oh, yeah. knew all the the words that you know they came from, and she really? would translate, and she'd be like, "He's crying. You have to play like he's crying," and you know she would you know play the stuff for me and phrase a certain way. That's and beautiful. It was, it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So that was a, a an, an incredible great thing in high school. So along with hanging out with the people who are partying and listening to classic rock, I had yeah, yeah. I was working hard at classical piano. I love that. I love hearing about those kind of like polar pol not not really polar opposites. So if you really funnel it down, but like yeah. I mean, and there's a definite difference in the rigor of both of those like approaches, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So, Although there is, I mean, you can be rigorous about getting a collection, a record collection, and and just trying to figure out who all those old bands were and stuff too. And yeah. and, and 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 learning it, right? Yeah. And and yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And uh, but yeah, yeah, there is a. There, it's not obvious that those two things might go hand in hand, but uh, it worked out nicely in Victoria, BC. <laughs> so, so, Led Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know. Uh, any any Pink rush? Floyd Pink rush. Floyd? Okay. A little, a little bit, bit of rush, rush, but the guys. You know, that, I have to ask. Yeah, I know. Well, I do love Rush. And I know. I have played Rush with you, of course, which was a big thrill. Right. Um, yes. Yes, you played organ. I played the church organ, and I loved doing that. That was fun. If I look back at that, I think there's some uh, email dialogues on like. Uh, how we should be approaching this thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. you got into it. You oh, I loved it. it. Yeah, I loved it. And actually, it's that was a nice little closing of a loop, I guess, in some ways, because uh, and mm. when I was in high school, well, I also got very into jazz in high school. Okay. So I was playing, especially with Monica Fedrigo, who's now a cellist in Toronto. Mm -hmm. She and I went to high school together. She was one grade younger than me. She played the upright bass at the time. She was a like very dedicated, hardworking. Mm -hmm young bass player and gigging around town and stuff and uh, she came from a very conservative Italian family she was sort of a quieter person in high school mm -hmm. but working all hard at the bass and uh, and we weren't necessarily natural obvious friends but we you know started playing music together and mm -hmm. it was really really fun and the band teacher was not very supportive of stuff in some ways like mm -hmm. We just went off on our own and made this duo oh, and wow. entered ourselves in the local jazz festival. And, you know, we worked hard. What kind of and, stuff uh, were you playing together? Well, we, yeah, we, I remember working hard on Scrabble for the Apple and listening oh. to Charlie Parker and then oh, flipping wow. through the real book and finding Conference of the Birds by Dave Holland. Wow. And then checking out that record and going, wow, weird, you know. And then coming up with our, we came up with a little duo arrangement of it. She played electric bass. We had wind chimes. <laughs> we put that version of Conference of the Birds in the Right on. Uh, jazz festival performance from the combo class. 
she introduced me to Brody West. Okay. She uh, she was friends with a sort of young. I wasn't as connected in with the jazz stuff going on. But is that there or here? In Victoria. She, oh, he, Brody's yeah, from out there. He's okay. from out there. He's from Nanaimo. Wow. Yeah. So she she had been to you know Music Fest Canada and stuff like that. I hadn't done that as much. I was I was interested in jazz piano, but I hadn't really figured out. I wasn't really going in a program where I was connected in with that stuff. Okay. But she had been. She'd gone to a junior high that was really active that way. So she knew a bunch of musicians, and including Brody, and introduced me to him. And she developed into a, like, she grew it, like, cello now? She's a cellist yeah. or what? So yeah. So I went to UVic for music. Wow. I, I went for classical piano. Huh. She went to UVic for classical bass because there is no jazz program there. But she was... I see. Um, she was really had been working hard at learning jazz bass. But... Uh-huh. Uh, by the end of her first year, she decided to switch to cello because oh. she was loving the melodies and the sounds. And I think socially, uh, she wasn't enjoying mm. trying to play jazz in the community of people who was doing it then in Victoria. It was a pretty sexist environment, I'd have to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not so supportive. And yeah. there was a few young, young, real go-getter musicians who weren't always so kind. <laughs> You experienced that as well, or yeah? Well, I had yeah. an easier time. Oh, let's say I had an easier time because I'd hung out with the uh, Led Zeppelin partiers in high school. But she was a, had been more conservative, and there was just a yeah. I, I think a way where it wasn't as natural a fit. Okay. And uh, with the uh, people our age. Yeah. And I mean, Monica's a smart person, yeah. and and a great, a excellent person to hang out with. Awesome. I love her dearly. Yeah. And I think she made a wise choice. Right at the on. time because it was so much interesting music and so many interesting melodies she could check out on the cello wow um, so that was uh, and she's doing that now here she's doing with... that so then she she wound up getting a master's in cello in the states wow. and then I had you know I was in at UVic studying classical piano transferred to McGill to the jazz program right on then, like, like transferred in still in your undergrad yeah yeah. Because why? Because classical wasn't cutting the mustard or what? What's well, going on? Well, I never wanted to be a classical concert pianist. I okay. wanted to be a musician. I didn't even know that I, for sure that I wanted to be a musician, actually. But uh, huh. a couple things happened. I did very well on my grade nine piano exam. And Magda Hazai said, are you going to be a musician? And I was like, what? Hmm. What do you mean? You can just be a musician? <laughs> like my mom was a I love that question. Are you going to be a musician? Yeah. 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 Uh, my a fun dad way to was put an it. accountant. I hadn't thought of it, you know that you could just become an artist. Like I didn't What was I, your mom you said? A uh, realtor? And and your father was an accountant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, yeah, that brings music, right? Those two <laughs> the numbers and the house, the bricks and numbers bring. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I thought I had authority, but it's not authority. Oh, it's not authority. But anyway, so yeah. okay, Lovers so you music. go into ja- you go into jazz. You say, "Wow, you from Victoria to Montreal, that's also like uh, turning it up to 11." Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't, Man, you're getting you can't a great, the stage. Um, you're getting a great taste of the country too. By the time you're what, twenty two? Totally, an amazing yes, very much so. Yeah, I feel really lucky that way. Like so many fun times in beautiful, beautiful places, like the nature out on the west coast but and the culture me, in Montreal. The realtor was a smart woman because those beautifully quaffed trees out there in downtown Victoria will. It's an attractive space place to be. It's it's yeah gorgeous. Yeah, it's 
it's larger than life. Like, you know, I, f- I had grown up thinking Ontario, Canadian Shield, that's where my heart lies. Okay. Until I moved to Victoria. Yeah. And within like six those months, quaffed. I thought, no, actually, I'm a BC girl. Yeah, those yeah. quaffed trees are something. Quaffed, yeah. Like, well manicured. Oh, that. I mean, I'm excited about that, you know. Are you talking about the really well-manicured ones in, like, Woodshark Gardens? Or do you mean the natural beauty? No, the well-manicured ones on that downtown, on the the strip there. I don't know the name of the street, but I was very taken by the, the... Care. There are some really, really carefully manicured yeah. gardens. Yes. It's true. In like the British appreciate that that influence maybe in Victoria has brought that. And then from there to the slovenly, just the detritus of 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 Montreal. I mean, come on. <laughs> the filth of the Jean Talon market. So you go so now now you're experiencing the jazz sandwich. This is clearly where you learned how to cook a jazz sandwich. Yeah. Cheese on bread. Cheese on bread. Cheese on bread. What else did you pick up there in McGill at McGill? Who'd you study with at McGill? Was that, who were your teachers? First of all, I will say I felt a bit crazy the whole first year I was there. I couldn't, like, I think because it's English, something about... In Montreal. Okay, okay, Yeah, okay, like okay. something about not speaking French and not knowing anyone when I arrived. And I went there by myself. Like, wow. I, I didn't wow. know, any, I didn't have, you know, I felt very... Jump. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember realizing in the spring one time when I looked at a map of Canada and I went, oh, yeah, right, it's connected by land. <laughs> I haven't actually gone to another universe because I just it was yeah yeah for sure the culture shock but um i started with um well the teachers at mcgill andre white was was a big one and kevin dean and uh, yan yarchek i'd say was probably the most important of the people i studied with for me okay and he's passed away now a couple years ago which you know i thought about but yeah he was a great teacher Hmm. amazing uh he yeah he just knew how to get inside like I studied well piano privately with Andre and Andre you know knows a ton about the history of music and recordings and it's mm-hmm. you can dig right into all kinds of recordings and tra- do a bunch of transcriptions and get a bunch of language and you know the did, in you know, that stuff. Did you have to start over when you went to McGill like or did they give you a year because you had already done I assume a year or two at in Victoria? Yeah, I only got behind by about half a year. Like they, I finished two and a half years in Victoria. Okay. And I did two and a half years at McGill, basically. And got it. And yeah, and then I finished my degree. It took six okay. in total, but okay. Okay. like it was like two years and a half year, and then two years and a half. Year. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of the stuff transferred, like all the theory and your training and stuff. I could pass out of a lot of that, but and there's also been like at at UVic, there was a good big band. Ian McDougal teaches there. I'd been to huh. you know summer jazz camps down in the states and I'd been transcribing music and trying to sit in with people and learn on my own a little bit in Victoria before I went to McGill so I could jump in Psst. there's a dog in the room the dog is a uh, you guys gentle listeners you know what I think of dogs let's let's listen to this one named damper uh, not, not a lot of breathing in a damper right <laughs> like like not even a heartbeat Let's listen. Again, damper on the mic. He's wondering if it's food. Very cute. Very cute approach to the mic. Very good mic technique. Okay. Pardon us. We're we're here with Tanya Gill. And the dog damper, who is now on my lap. Okay. All right. Okay, dampers. Damper. Now he's making some noise. Hush. So... 
McGill. So it treated you well, though. It prepared you. Mm. Did you feel well equipped leaving that? Where where does that where does that send you? I was confused by the end of it. There you go. So from (laughs) from crazy to confused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before I went there, uh, when I was trying to learn jazz, how to play jazz music. It was all my own stuff. Like, you know, I'd talk to people and they'd go, how about Oscar Peterson or check out Bud yeah. Powell? And I'd transcribe yeah. things yeah. and get excited. And Brody, who I'd met through uh, Monica, I yeah. used to, I, he and a bass player named Brent Tanamera. You might know Brent. Uh, I don't know the name. Oh, Brent. Okay. He's a great guy. So, um, a totally interesting person. Uh, Brent and Brody and I used to jam regularly in the summers. And, uh, but even before, in Victoria, yeah. Okay. And even before great, I went to great. McGill, I was doing a little bit of jamming with them. But you know, I was doing it just because I was so interested in it, and it was fun. And there was no right or wrong. I was just finding things and learning things and expanding what I knew, and mostly following my ears. Like if yeah. I could hear something and I transcribed it, I could put that into or whatever I, I could learn from the experience but you know you get to jazz school and mm-hmm. it's like you're getting graded mm-hmm. like oh do you remember that the altered yeah. chord has to have a flat 13 not a natural 13 and all these things and then you know you you're playing in a in your combo class and people are listening oh yeah that note doesn't fit on that chord and they're picking everything apart and you know there's marks for it and so the motivation is all turned on its head and it's like things are revealed to you too soon like i think the mysteries are supposed to come when you know they previously had been coming as I discovered them, so there was so much joy. But mm. when everything's fed to you, mm-hmm. it's not doesn't feel the same way. So I, I, and also, mm. also it was a little bit of an again it was a bit of a old boys club kind of feeling mm-hmm. with the big band and and I was thinking about global inequity and environmental problems and I was interested in reading a bunch of stuff and nobody seemed to be thinking well I mean some mm-hmm. people but mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't. Mm-hmm. Thinking, I don't know. Something about it was feeling a little, like a little right? empty, mm-hmm. and a little, and also, if the goal is really just to get all this harmony together and all this cool rhythmic stuff together, well, like Herbie Hancock is already, he's already there. So even if you're that good, mm. like what's what's the point of it all, anyways? Like I just started to okay. question everything, and uh, wow. and I was t- I actually thought I was should quit. And then I, my dad convinced me to finish my degree, to have the piece of paper. And actually, before I went to McGill, I hadn't thought I should study jazz in university anyways. I had thought I should just try to go live somewhere and study privately with someone. Okay. But anyways, I, I did become convinced that I should have a piece of paper. So That's I, so great to hear, you know, this this classical jazz thing and, and, and kind of torn in the middle. You definitely take the turn and go jazzy. Yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean. Well, that was hard, too, to give up classical piano because I loved it. Yeah, but you know, there's only like it, honestly, it seems like especially with education and the way we approach it, it's like, no, no, but you gotta choose a path, right? Which is a little yeah. bit weird. I, I think we're getting better at that yeah. as as education kind of acknowledges that really it's a vocabulary, and where they are different vocabularies, and it's like the more power to you if you can take as much as it of it as you can in. You know, I don't, I yeah. don't actually know. It's just very interesting, even seeing the way universities approach any of this, right? Like right. Composition, like they're all major kind of, you know. Yeah. Silos in a way, and it's like I, I, I just feel like. Um, so you went, you went the jazz route. Did you ever do any time? Now, are you? Do any time? Any, did you ever do any time? Pardon the the, the expression. 
here in Toronto with that world, like at the at the U of T, because are you Later. you're teaching now, right? Is that right? Or is that part of what you do? I do a lot of teaching at my house. Okay. I have taught the keyboard fundamentals course in the intro stream of the jazz program at Humber for eight years. Okay. Okay. There's a, bit in, there's a bit of institution, but one class. Yeah, I've been in teaching this one course for eight years. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's very interesting to work with the students. And yeah, uh, it's I very bet. fun to teach a class. I also used to teach in the community music program there, teaching some... At Humber. Okay, yeah, okay, jazz okay. ensembles, small ensembles, and okay. private piano lessons. And I taught at um, Laurier for one semester, uh, um, subbing in for um, uh, one of the full-time mm-hmm. piano professors there mm-hmm. that is very interesting teaching teaching piano lessons and master classes like okay. taking over her studio okay yeah heather tapes okay it's just yeah it's interesting right like the get getting into that and seeing that kind of like those are big moving ships right and, They're and big. Just, totally. I mean, yeah big moving ships and i think i mean part of the reason why i felt like i had to choose well i guess it is all the institutional structure that partly made that happen but I think as well if I wanted to grow grow further from where I was at as a classical piano player at the end of my sort of third year of studying in university at that I mean it really was like am I going to totally go for it and try and be like a a real serious classical piano player like you know practice six hours a day for the next five years and become like a great player like that would be the way to go but anyway I didn't want to do that I wanted to do something more more related to composition and playing improvisation and playing in bands so then I I kind of felt well you know I kind of have to go the other way I felt like I had to choose in order to because any path requires so much learning and attention if you're doing two at once it's hard to do either one the way you want to that's Mm -hmm. what I felt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but then, so what I do, I mean, then it just takes a lifetime because you switch back and forth. That's what I do. I switch back and forth. You know, for a while, I was totally into classical piano. Uh-huh. And then I dug deeply like into Like for a while, piano. like like post-graduating from, from McGill? Or, no, like or, or in, in the high school and in the okay, first okay, half okay. of my undergrad. Yeah, you know, I yeah. was really working hard at that. And then, and then I went, and I was also working at jazz piano, but then yeah. I went, no, I'm just going to dig hard, hard into jazz piano. Mm-hmm. And even then, not knowing for sure that it would end up with being jazz necessarily well hell exactly (laughs) that's kind of where i'm at with it is like you know pick a side you can either try with this olympian kind of model that's kind of the shade that i'm hearing of of like the classical side of like you know just put the nose down and do the work or there's this other side of not that it's any less immersive with the jazz but it's like i I guess I kind of resent the even even having to choose, right? Like, it, but I get why you need choose to choose between either or or or, or I don't know I don't know yeah. what you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's, and I think that's why also it resonates when you say that you were tempted to quit because it was probably just not maybe mm-hmm. exactly what you wanted out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of I think a lot of people grapple with through the, these big institutionalized kind of. This is music. Let, let me try to tell you what music is yeah. in four years. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it might be... It's hard to say. But um, you didn't quit. Here's, here's the thing. You didn't quit. Looking back on it now... Yeah. Are you super thankful that you kind of got what you got out of it? Uh, I'm... Or maybe yes. I phrased that incorrectly. There, there's. Let me let me provide an answer for you in the way I phrased that. But like, like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm very grateful. I'm yeah. very grateful uh, for meeting the people I met. You know, like l- leaving Victoria when you did. Oh, you know, like being that's, in that's messed up. Like being like, in Montreal was really great. That's a huge step. Yeah, it was big. To move there when I was 21 was a great thing to do. You know. But that's so you essentially quit Victoria. You yeah. Like, you're like I'm I'm moving on. I'm yeah. staying with music. Thank, yeah. Thank yeah. Thankfully. And it was also about getting out of a little bit of like in Victoria. Mm-hmm. I remember it's funny we're talking so much about the earlier part of my life, but that's sure. Okay. Well, exactly. I know. Why not? Hey, that's half. We're halfway through the podcast. We're don't worry. The <laughs> second half's gonna get real exciting. There are like gender related. Things like, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, well, I was dating a very good bass player. Okay. I'd go to the jam sessions in Victoria and was older guys running them. And I do just remember that nobody, I mean, I was, people would see me as like, she's mm. a classical piano player from UVic and maybe she's kind of inter- interested in jazz, but no one would really, no one took me seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, going to, Mund- to McGill was also like, if I'm going to play jazz, I have to get somewhere else where I'm not this bass player's girlfriend. It, like it just was yeah. like I just had to get out of that scene and I, and then tr- see and also for myself because because it was a lot of support to because mm. uh, I really liked him you know to hang out with him and the romance of listening to all the music together and everything you know mm-hmm. and I was and part of it was like well would I love this as much if I was not with him <laughs> okay <laughs> you know yeah, I yeah, need yeah, to yeah. get somewhere else by myself and figure out like if uh, if this is really wow if I can carry this all on my own sort of thing wow. What a step. All right. Bold. Yeah. So you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it's not that bold. And okay, so so from crazy to confused, <laughs> you finish university. Yeah. What were some of the early things you did after that? Like, what, where'd you go? Uh, then I uh, wanted to do a science degree, so. Uh, oh, foolishness. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. What, what, uh, okay, talk to us. Well, along the lines of like thinking about. Um, Arts and science. Here nah, we go. Thinking about global inequity and environmental problems, I was thinking, well, maybe I was really supposed to be a scientist the whole time, and uh, and I think there's also another side of that, which is that I tend to really value things that have a material impact, and uh, it's hard for me. It was hard, really, not obvious for me to see the value of music yeah. as much as wow. odd as that sounds. Um, what are some of the global inequities that are get, that are really? Uh, Oh, that year. Well, you know, things like, like <laughs> I knew my dad had invested in the Toronto Stock Exchange and there's mm-hmm. a lot of mining companies and then somewhere okay. around another part of the world, there's a giant mine tailing spill and a bunch of people are screwed. And yeah. uh, cause and effect on And then that. it's like, well, it's not the job of the market to, um, you know, your investors aren't supposed to change their behavior. The laws yeah. of those companies, the laws of those countries should be... Um, deciding whether or not those companies can uh, get away with that. But those countries have a strong motivation to have lax laws, so the companies will go there and do business. And, you know, that kind of thing was yeah, bugging yeah. me. Yeah. And how do I feel like, okay, I can afford to go to university because my dad made some money on the stock exchange because right. those people are screwed. Wow. Like, you know, that kind of thing was bugging me a lot. And uh, and then um, hmm. and uh, I was always good in math and science. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that would have been a more natural place than music <laughs> to go because <laughs> music is mysterious. And I don't quite get it. Is so, it ever? Is and, it ever? Uh, <laughs> so, but I'm sure that's why I'm in music. Feng Shui. Feng Shui. I, I play music because it's like the biggest challenge. But I'm sure that's why I'm there. So what but, did you do in science? What well, did you I do? thought, okay, forget it. I'm not going to, maybe I just was supposed to be a scientist. I wanted to take some science courses at McGill, but they wouldn't let me because 
Anyways, that's all. Yeah, yeah. And they, I was now a Quebec resident, so I was going to have to do my first year in Sage Up, and I just couldn't swallow No, that. no, go home. Stop so that. I, Stop that. U of T would let me in, so I moved to Toronto. I did first year chemistry and biology, wow. and then I realized that science really wasn't it, yeah. even though I like it, because really I was thinking more about how these problems are actually being dealt with and more the political side of things so wow. I audited some poli-sci courses and then I applied to some law schools to do environmental law and then I got into a few universities and went to York yeah for York which is one of the ones I was Osgood I was accepted at yeah they offer a joint degree program in law and a master's of environmental studies so great so I was enrolled in that program and I went there for one year uh, at the age of 28 and uh, like, cause I came to Toronto when I was 25. Okay. It took me a couple of years to get there. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, did yeah. one years of the one year of the master's in environmental studies was, was excellent. Yeah. It was great to have to just read and write papers. I was really craving it, cause like you know I hadn't really had an academic undergraduate degree, and I wanted to know what it would feel like. But wow. also by the time I got accepted, I start, I think I finally well I love taking the science courses, and I think yeah. I finally got to my brain could being able to think about that stuff was satisfied and I was ready almost to go okay I don't actually need to do it I've had enough so I thought okay even if I'm not going to be an environmental scientist I'm going to be a musician I'm going to do a year of this anyways were you always playing during that time yeah I was so I was in Toronto and I was playing so I had been to Banff the summer before I moved to Toronto I'd met a bunch of people here like uh, Jesse Baird and Bride Uh, Jesse was at Banff and then through him I met his brothers okay and um uh, like Quinson Natchoff and Andrew Downing, those wow. guys, and wow. Lena a little bit more. Wow. So those people who had graduated from U of T, I sort yeah. of, through people, other people I knew, met them and was playing with them a little bit and playing with Brody yeah. a bit. He's and here by now at that point, yeah? Yeah, he was okay. here by now. He'd okay. gone to Humber. And, fun, uh, fun, fun. Yeah. Anyways, a year of reading books was enough for me to realize, no, I am supposed to be a musician. <laughs> So then I committed fully. Hey, just tell me, because in the Scott, when I interviewed Scott Thompson, he kind of said, you know, he was considering being a lawyer. You know, like, you know, it's kind of maybe maybe a variation on a theme to what what you were exploring there. What were those people like? I often wonder, like, hanging out with musicians is just a joy, right? We're all yeah. we're all freaks. Yeah. Ish, you know, we all got a lot of interesting things to say or not say, right? The, what, there's someone in this room not saying yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, Victor's he's, just being he's quiet. Really... No, but he's, he's still tinker, tinker towning. He's still playing the room. But no, no, no. I, I wonder, like, what was, what was the hang like with those uh, law folk over at York? Well, it wasn't as fun as hanging out with the musicians. That was part of it. Thank you. That's I really... the thory. That is the. That is the. I, I've, we've thought that for a long while. I really missed the musicians. I do. I would go do a gig and go. Oh man, I actually can't really leave this. <laughs> Thank you. That that's very kind. Um, Man, you just whip that up. You know they were really nice people. Thank you. I think the ones nice I, people, the sure. ones I got drawn to were the ones who were the biggest freaks. Like yeah, interestingly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good. Good. Nicely put. Uh, well, hey, I didn't say that. You did. It's true. Yeah. I won't say the name. Well, that person's not. Anyways, you know. People, no, no, no. Don't do the, that. No. The, but, the, the crazy ones who yeah. were really passionate and really wanting okay. to read. You know all the read like crazy yeah, yeah obsessed and yeah. stuff they were fun to hang out with they well that's kind of yeah exactly okay okay and i guess that's what i'm trying to touch on is like it it happens kind of naturally in music i find but i mean 
they're out there, right? The yeah. freaks, they're out there in law. They're out there. They're, we're all doing our part, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Thanks. Yeah. And, and also Thanks. there's some people who are doing really good work. They're it smart. A, they're working hard. They're yeah. taking care of a lot of those problems well, I felt guilty about. Yeah, exactly. It's the passion so, that you were you were drawn to in the first place through through trying to go into that world and exploring it. I mean, you're you're hitting it from another angle now, but I mean, I get it. I kind of get that why you would be so interested in and I mean, and, and thinking seriously about going there, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is is music the um? Does music help you? So has that ever gone away, that desire to, um, y- you know, what drew you to some of those other worlds? Uh, does music do it for you now? Like, is music still as powerful a vehicle? Uh, well, I, the question's not coming out proper, but do you understand what I'm trying to get well, at there? Like, I think it's a, a main theme in my life that there is a tension between hmm. uh, a feeling that I should be doing something that will improve... I guess our material state of being like, you know, which usually comes down to me thinking about environmental questions mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, wanting to be a musician and play music. Yeah. And somehow, you know, and it's a music. I've come down on the side of playing music mostly. You're right, but right. then I also realize, well, how I teach students, how I teach kids actually seems to be like a very practical part of making things you know, better in the world because For sure. you can really, um, you know, hopefully contribute very positively to people's lives, like it's, in a yeah, real way, yeah, with, especially yeah. with kids. Yeah. And then, you know, things like, well, I have a kid yeah. my, and when he was in elementary school, I was like, you know, I, I was the chair of the eco committee on the parents council. So I like Go Tanya do Gill. little things here and there, like we planted a bunch of milkweed, you know? <laughs> There's stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, the odd thing that allows me to also meet people who are thinking about some other, you know, uh, kinds of endeavors that are not musical, but they're interesting people. So, um, yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks. So now we're going to get into it. No, no, no. I didn't mean it that way. Like, but we're, we're good. We're good. We're. I'd like to listen to some music that you've made. Mm. The, let's just do this because okay. the way the conversation has gone. Yeah. Let's play the thing you're the most proud of. Oh boy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. And it can only be one. Uh, you're playing the microphone, eh? That thumb is not mine. It's usually me. Can you hear it? I can hear every little nip. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's okay. good. It's good. It's good. Okay. It only started recently. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I can be finicky. Well, obviously, I'm finicky about trying me to find too. the thing I'm most me proud too. of. Me too. Okay. Maybe that's what made my thumb play the microphone. Think it through. What? Uh, like, I mean, and maybe it'll lead us to some of the projects, the rich projects that you've been a part of. Right. Well, I am proud of the recording that I made with my band in 2010. Okay. Um, so that CD is called Bolger Station. Yeah. And um, what's Bolger Station? It's the name of a song on the record. Okay. And it's also uh, it was a train station, um, right next to the river that goes between Bolger Lake and. Kashi Lake in uh, Lake Kashigaba in uh, just north of Paris Sound. Okay. My family has had a cottage for like 
a hundred years. Yeah, wow. This year. But um, really, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool. It's I mean, I just uh, when I wrote the song Boulder Station, it, yeah. it the song is based off me trying to figure out how to play over the song Freight Train. Oh wow! And that was because I was trying to figure out how to play pentatonic blue grassy kind yeah. of melodies. Oh yeah. And uh, I was trying to improvise on that song just because it was on my mind Beautiful. and also we'd been singing it with my son Roy who was like uh-huh. two or three at the time and I was loving that song and I was trying to improvise on that song and then I wound up making all the chords twice as long so I could yeah so I could play you know lines that might turn into double time lines if I sped it up to its regular speed okay. and uh, and then when I was improvising over those chords that half the regular speed I wound up composing a melody on it mm-hmm. so because it was written on a song that had to do with trains mm-hmm. and I and you know then I was just thinking well Boulder Station is a cool place I like that place and mm-hmm. it, it was a train theme so I went with that title All right. but, uh, let's cue it up here comes the proudest moment well come on I don't want to overhype it but uh, 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 a proud of many a moments. proud so yeah if I choose what to play on that record well, go with the title go track. Go with the title yeah, track. Come Boulder on. Station. We'll Come on. Okay, perfect.
played the when music. When he came back in, well, I say the Tanya Gill Quintet? No, Quartet. But the record itself is just Tanya Gill. But now I call the band the Tanya Gill Quartet. You can say it's the Tanya Gill Quartet. How long is that, too? Three or four minutes. Uh, four minutes. What? It's very gentle. It's a uh, okay. That's a subtlety. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jean's playing is beautiful, and oh yeah, it's, Jean drumming. Okay. Jean, Jean okay. drumming, and there's the, the soloing is free, and it's uh, but it's a nice melody. I like the melody of the song. What a beautiful melody, the Tanya Gill Quartet, and that was Bulger. Bulger. Oh, the G is <laughs> is a. Uh, would you say that's a soft G or a J? Uh, that's Bulger. Soft G. That's soft a soft G. G. And uh, she fidgets no more on that microphone. She is calm in her skin right now. Tanya Gill. What a beautiful medley. Melody. Thank you very much. Thanks. Who's playing drums? That's Jean Martin? That is Jean Martin. Yeah. So you connect with him at some point when you're out here. Yeah. He's he's amazing. He's yeah. an amazing musician. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought the way he played on the opening of that is... It was just like creative and atmosphere that was so nice to move into. And uh, well, he also he plays drums on the whole record, and okay. he produced it. Oh yeah, and right, mixed right it, on. Edited it. Right on. Yeah, he got. And who else is in the band? He had a, he played quite a he had a big contribution. Lena Alamano. Right on. Yeah. Shout out to the oh. Titanium uh, Tongue and keep going. Totally, totally. Yeah. And I heard her band last night with some oh, new tunes. On. She's just written eight new tunes with Freesh. Lena Alamano Four, and they are fantastic. Right. Oh. Such oh God. Cool writing and. Freesh. Freesh galore. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, Lima Bean. Miroslav Freecher. <laughs> That's her name. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we're getting uh, into the jazz tongue here. And, and who else? Who's and the fourth? Clint Ryder. Clinton Ryder. I, I'm not familiar. Or, no, he's no. A, Clinton Ryder. Li- he's from BC. He okay. lived in Toronto for a while, like '98 okay. <clears throat> to 2006 or something like okay. that. Okay. And then uh, he moved to Montreal. Yeah. But I used to play with him when he lived in Toronto. I always loved it, and uh, thought it would be really great to. Uh, have a, that combination with him and John, so we went for that. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. He's a beautiful bass player. So that's that. And I, uh, but well, there's another track on that record that I was almost thinking we should play, which okay. is okay. Uh, solo piano improvisation over a tune by Pete Johnson. You oh, know yeah. Pete Johnson? Yeah. 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 So I've played, wow. I've played in a band, in different bands with Pete for a long time, the See Through Trio for like 10 years. Did you just say the See Through Trio? Yes. That's a nice, that's a solid name for an outfit. I think so too. Great. See Through Trio. I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, the see through trio was Mark Laver and Pete Johnston and I right for on. a long time, and then Karen Ng when Mark Laver moved away. Great, joined. great, great. And Pete's compositions are Damn. like outrageously good, Damn. but so interesting. His compositions are fascinating, I think. And um, anyhow, there's one tune he wrote for me for a solo piano that's mm-hmm. really and then I, I play that as well on Boulder Station I almost picked that one well I wait think... no you, you just bloody well did because we can end on it oh. depending on how the conversation goes this isn't a one uh, one tune pony okay let's keep going industry tactics okay, okay. you okay. ready mm-hmm. 
what have you learned? What's the one takeaway here through all of this? I was thinking it's very interesting that you should reconnect with Federica on the way here back in Toronto. She's now playing cello and not bass. Did I get her name right? Federigo. Yeah, I was close. You were really good. Monica. Monica Federico. Federico. Okay. Federico. So, uh, like, that's beautiful. The the connection to all these wonderful humans. You yeah. Know, like that. That's we talked about that when Ken Alcroft passed away. How yeah. You know, it's kind of a it's it's a very beautiful thing. All all of these intertwined. Like you're just down the road from Joe Sorbera here, that's where you right. live. We won't disclose where you live, but yeah, that's a beautiful thing too. Aaron Jurgensen's across the street. Oh come yeah. on, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you're a stone's throw away from a lot of wonderful people, music, bread. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's making some fine bread. Shout out to Joe Sorbera. <laughs> so. Uh yeah, what's the what's what's one of the takeaways for you for for why you do what you do? Uh, well, you're nicely guiding me into thinking about this, but uh um uh, it is true that um the connections you make with people. Mhm. Brody uh, even, what an Brody, interesting kind totally. of character. Yeah, he's been around for a big part of my music making. Huh. Um and we just played last night with his Come new quintet. On, stop it. The and musical so family. Good. That's great. His writing. Whoo! Damn. He's uh What's two your drummers, av- two drummers. Oh, of course. Who's so drumming? Good. Frazier? Yeah, Nick Who Fraser else? Else? and Evan Cartwright. Oh, there's a nice that's a And really uh-huh. specific ways that they are interlocking and it's beautiful. It's really uh feels really singular and interesting and how many gig cool. do you play in a week? What's your average gig take? Um. Oh, it varies. Yeah. But you know, well, I don't know. Some days, I some weeks I might have like four or five gigs. Some weeks I have none. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you uh, uh, tell me this? You were saying something about um, like how ambitious do you need to be? Oh right. We were talking about ambition yeah, earlier. I said uh, we're just trying not to have too much ambition <laughs> right yeah. now in our yeah. summer. Um, well, I don't know. I could probably be more ambitious. I mean, oh, I couldn't pushed, we all just I beat ourselves right up? I have the business right side of things forward very much in my ah, career pass. at all. Industry tactics. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't pushed the business side of what? Yeah. Well, you know, I have. I made one record. I did make a record. But I probably wouldn't have done that if Pete Johnston hadn't done a few really helpful and encouraging things for me mm-hmm. uh, that nudged me toward doing that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm really happy when I get to play with people. I'm mm. not looking for fame, I guess. I don't know. So, But at the same time, mm-hmm. the more I play, I guess maybe I'm feeling a little more inclined to maybe try to... Uh, participate on a bigger scale in some way i don't know what that means it just maybe means being able to learn new things yeah like 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 leading a like like another doing another record or what well i am trying to do another record yeah. i'm i'm writing but more that's music not what right you now. meant that's, that's not, not what i what i meant was just like maybe i'm starting to feel like this is new i'm really talking off the top of my head oh. so this is not well worked out thinking but yeah. um but uh, yeah, you know, people who are great, who are well recognized as that, you know, by across like the continent, let's say, or something. Like, sure. Um, 
and the recognition doesn't matter, but the, the music that's been really important, like, like, I don't know if I think of great musicians that I've been influenced by. Yeah. It like, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting to think, well, what if you don't think of yourself only as, you know, a very local musician? Because I think I tend to think of myself as a very local musician, huh? right? Like, I just want to play with, I just want to be in situations that feel good. Well, you're on the right street. Keep going. You're in yeah. the right city. I get it. And yeah. I think that still is absolutely it's, my it's priority. It's all community. I want to yeah, be in sure. situations that feel good. Sure. Totally. Sure. And I'm really, I really do love like teaching out of my, you know, little room in my house and everything. But but also maybe there's a certain amount of that where I've felt like the something bigger than that wasn't really realistically accessible or something. I don't know. I don't know. But recently I've been thinking, what the hell? Why not think like? Why not think like whatever you're gonna do might you know, interact with other people who've had big ideas. Maybe my ideas could be bigger, but, mm. or maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to stop right here. I, it, I, yeah, that was interesting. That was, that was an interesting <laughs> little, I, I, I like think. it. I like what, I like what, where you're going, what you're thinking. I mean, and sure, it's not fully, um, well, de- maybe yeah. developed or, 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 or thought through, but I think the sentiment or the, or the spirit of where you, where you're going with it is, is and I don't think it's either or. I don't think it's just j- j- community or lo- community and local is super important. It almost ties back to um, some of like the other the other side of what what drives you, which is the more global. Um, or, or how did you you phrase it? Your global environmental kind of um, uh, just awareness or or wanting to make change on that end, and maybe those two tie together. I don't know. That's maybe I think what I am thinking is like uh, this is this is an odd I, I don't know if it, you I might Go ask ahead. you to, I might Go ask ahead. you to edit no, this no, out it's all so, so uh, you know um, she's thinking through it I doubt we're gonna edit this out <laughs> you can't edit out a, a, a woman in thought mid thought mid stride or Go a man ahead. in thought or a man in thought come on it's a, um, it's a cardinal sin well I'm just thinking that I've probably thought of my own contribution as not bit likely to be very big to to, to what to, to me okay but but yeah now I'm that's thinking, a that's a heavy thought you know you know but you know what if i think that you know i will like other people i listen to they have influence on me i listened to lena alamana quartet last night i'm thinking about the music and how i might want to like do yeah. i want to incorporate some of that if i play why my band other people might listen and think oh what's she doing am i going to do stuff like that and yeah. i have to, and i'm just realizing that there could be a larger impact yeah. on other people from the music i'm making so yeah so it's nice to just have an awareness of that yeah yeah you know to, you know to think start thinking that way about i recently it. had a, a similar experience with education and something a seed was planted in my uh, in my in the back of my mind and it really had an impact on one of the, the decisions i had making moving forward i don't want to get into the the actual details of it I'm just saying it super uh, reminded me of the fact that every interaction, every relationship, every note you play, every idea you throw out there is super, it has a real significance to the bigger thing, you know? And I don't know. I, I yeah. So that is really interesting to me that, yeah, anything that you put out there will have that ability to move people or change the people's paths or, or whatnot. You yeah. Know, it's... And to feel maybe more, to feel like... Not to take it too to seriously. To have taken that in, though, maybe changes a little bit something about, like, yeah, you don't want to take it too seriously, but at yeah, the same time, yeah, yeah. you're respectful you, of that, go for it a little more you maybe. You may never or, walk... Because you want to do well if that's the possibly going to be doing that, you know, yeah. I don't know, or... Um, 
uh, or just, yeah, I think I'm getting slowly more comfortable with the idea of what it is to play music for people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, to never lose sight of that too. I think it's, it's it is really important and yeah, why you do it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, that's interesting, right? Like, is it to inspire your communicating? I don't know. I yeah. Don't don't think about it too no, much. No, no, you'll, no. You'll well, never play another note. There's too many things that are, um, that, like, you can't really put into words about music anyways. Like, uh... How do you, how do you plan? Like, this is interesting to me because it seems like you're on a, on a bit of a, like, a precipice, right? How do you plan the next few moves in your, in your artistic career? Right now... I'm trying to write music. Um, my son's out of town, so I have space, and I'm writing every day. So yeah. this is good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to just... Uh, I'm not... I don't know that I am planning all that far ahead, to be yeah. honest. But I have decided I'm going to write this certain number of tunes and try uh-huh. and have maybe a new record's worth of tunes to uh-huh. play, because I really like playing with the band I have right now, which is not the same as on the record. Now it's still Lena Alamano, but... Yeah. With Nico Dan playing the drums right on. and Rob Clutton playing the bass. Right on. And, um, nice. And, you know, it's, music has been very, very important in my life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of power in it. So uh, ways that I can become a little more um, comfortable with that mm-hmm. are, seem to be compelling to me. I went to Jerry Allen's funeral in Newark um, mm-hmm. last two weeks ago. Okay. I flew, uh, do you know Jerry Allen? No, no, no. She uh, is a real like heavyweight, I'd say one of the most important piano players in jazz since the 1980. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, you know, she she had a, she has a gorgeous trio record with Paul Motion and um, um, Charlie Hayden. Oh, wow. And uh, she has lots of records as a leader and as mm-hmm. a solo pianist. And she mm-hmm. played with Ornette Coleman for a while. Oh, wow. bit. shit. Yeah, she's... I, okay. I really loved her music and... Um, uh, I, if I was maybe going to study with someone at some point, I don't know if I ever would have gone for trying to study with someone's quote unquote famous or yeah. or connected more connected in with the center of whatever yeah. jazz history. Yeah. But she would have been the one. Wow. And then she died, and I and I didn't see it coming. She was only sixty. She just died two weeks ago, and uh, it was really tragic, very sad. And so um, I thought, well, I'm never going to really meet her. I met her only once. And I thought I wanted to know her. Part of me did. Whether the whole of me would have followed through on that part of me that wanted to yeah. meet her is another yeah. question. Yeah. But anyway, so I thought, well, I'll go to her funeral. But, but being there and um, wow, what a thing to do, eh? Like it just... was, it was amazing. It was uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, also, also piecing together, um, uh, sometimes I'm not entirely comfortable with my love for like blues and maybe more African, the African side of African American mm-hmm. parts of the, everything that's American music, like, or world be music, I don't mm-hmm. know. But I don't want to feel, sometimes I, you know, I just uh, don't want to be like an imposter. I, I don't know, I love, probably love the music. I love a lot of the music I'm playing, but mm-hmm. I still am, you know, trying to piece together how this all feels. Being there was very interesting because it was a very yeah. African American church, okay. like uh, with the you know a long history from the mid 1800s of black pastors and and the uh, the choir was a, like a kick, kick-ass 
amazing gospel choir. And wow. then and the people who played at the funeral too were all, you know, yeah. like Jack Dejanette Blade okay. and S. Francis Balding, all these wow. people that she worked with. Wow. And um and uh I don't know, being in that environment, taking the city bus in Newark from the airport to the church where right like on. is also yeah. everybody I was the only white person. There was like the bus was full. Yeah. It was just regular folks going yeah. to work. Yeah. And who knows where they're all from? You know, yeah. Yeah. some people are speaking French. Some like you know, people are from who knows where. Yeah. They all happen to have like they're all have black skin. Okay. Right. I guess yeah. they all look the same. So for some reason they're all on this one bus. Like I just just strange. Yeah. Really strange. Yeah. But then I thought, okay, I guess there's there is this thing about um, the United States. Yeah, there uh, is. And yeah. uh, so you know, it's nice to get yeah. inside it a little bit and try mm-hmm. and figure out how that feels a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But but also just the the spirit of the music that was played. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Uh, I don't know. I've had night that was gave me a lot to think about, which was really yeah. nice. So I think I'm right now sort of just interested in trying to figure out as much as I can. Yeah. So that might. Yeah. You know, I think I'm kind of piecing it all together though, like where you're at right now, which is really, you know, all that. Like the the fact that, that you went to that funeral. That sounds really just important. I don't know. I mean. And uh, you've kind of touched on it, right? Like through where you're like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be, be a part of this. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's fun seeing the, well, it's fun, right? Like just trying to like he- hearing all of those pieces. I, I kind of, I can't put it into words any be- better than you just yeah. tried. But yeah. it's like, yeah. I see all the big kind of areas you want to connect or yeah. yeah, if that made sense, you mm-hmm. know, it didn't. So yeah, there you go. So we'll stop. Okay. But it's nice. We didn't even talk about the Woodshed Orchestra. Oh, my God. And Dave Clark has been very important in my life. Yeah. There needs to be a shout-out to Dave Clark. Here it comes. What, when did you meet him? I met him, like, the second week I was in Toronto. Jeez. Um, I moved here. Brody set up uh, through Brody West. We went out. Dave's daughter had just been born. Oh. You know, he was so... We went for a coffee, and then I started playing with the Wood Choppers yeah, soon after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a big... Chop, chop. Chop, chop. It was a big deal because, you know, mm. people from all different genres are all playing in that band. And, yeah. you know, I don't know how much time we have, but that was very important. It was an experience, and Dave's very supportive of what people. A, yeah, he is. In a eh? way that changes well, people's lives. You know, I think if we let Dave listen to this, he would see all the little pockets that you just, the little, the, 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 the areas that you've just touched on and try to connect those dots. Like, he, he, he's good at that. Like oh, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a real mentor. He's a real... He like, really is. Yeah. He's like, I know lots of people who, the, yeah. who were like, oh, he's, he's changed things for me. Yeah. Because he believes in people and he can see what's... The potential inside of them and he he actually finds practical ways to get them doing you know what's going to move them ahead somehow yeah. <laughs> magically <laughs> yeah well it's a real joy to hear it's you play amazing. in that band i tell you on oh, that, on that, that realistic or on the accordion or the piano any any oh thanks anything you touch well it's that's a joyous that band is amazing i wake up feeling happy every morning after i play with that band yeah. <laughs> it's part of the big change you're making, so don't stop. Okay. Okay. All right. That's the What only a treat thing. to be here talking to you. Thanks oh a God. lot. Let's end on that Pete uh, on on the uh, solo improvisation. Okay. On the same record. Okay. Sounds great. We love you. Thanks.
catch on the Twitter. Do it. We love you.